With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Civility just left the room, right? It's it's three hockey games that we've lost in a row. Three games. Did you forget that the hockey teams slump? They fall out of a groove. This is a whole new core that has just been brought together this year and are learning to play with each other. We don't even have lines set in stone yet. Everything is moving pieces, trying to figure out what works. There is going to be growing pains when you do an absolute superstar overload. Take out 240 goal scorers out of your lineup. You don't exactly replace that. There's going to be certain things here that need to be touched on. A little bit of seasoning on the steak. Yeah. Call it like that. So the Pittsburgh game was, according to Flames Twitter, the last time the city was happy. Plenty of positives coming out of that game, even though structurally things still needed to be worked on that night. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, just because I feel like getting into the last three games is really the most important part. So we'll just briefly touch on Pittsburgh stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of overall game log, Shots were 35 to 33 in favor of the Flames. Power play went one for three, 52 apiece. Scoring chances were 21 for the Flames, 25 for the Penguins. High dangers, Flames in favor just slightly, 12 to 11. And then expected goals for Pittsburgh had that stat in the bag at 56.27. Game scores, Michael Stone, Jacob Markstrom, Nazem Kadri, Brett Ritchie, Nikita Zadorov. So many people make jokes about Brett Ritchie getting all his goals. Like the guy literally leads the team in five on five goals. You can either laugh or you can cry or you can just be like what a sensible hockey fan would say and be like, hell yeah, let's go Brett. That's exactly the fact that we're getting that sort of production from Lucic, Rooney and Ritchie when they were together. And I do think they need to get put back together be reunited yeah yeah well i mean like you look at brett right um last year he he had a great underlying metrics um the puck wouldn't go in for him obviously as he was he was the meme of calgary um but his underlying metrics were actually really good last year in a fourth line in a fourth line role does not wear a mouth guard he just chews gum all game i'm like I, like, I aspire to have that sort of confidence. Like, what? Like, that's so <laughs> sick. That Pittsburgh game, Markstrom, unbelievable. And this is a yep. continuing trend. From the Pittsburgh game into now, Marky has his confidence back. So He's been he's been our best player. Marky is the reason why last night didn't get out of hand. Like, If, if Marky's not in net last night, we lose that game maybe 8-1, 9-1. He made a handful of huge, like, difficult saves. 
And those those glove saves, he's flashing the leather like Kipper. It was I, the, the I, gloves looking hot this year? Like I sat there and I was like, "Am I eight years old again?" Like, is <laughs> like this is sick. Like just the pizzazz and like the showmanship of those glove saves. I'm like, okay, he's feeling himself. Hell yeah! yeah. So moving on, we had the Battle of Alberta. I would say the best way to straight up explain the Battle of Alberta. Flames controlled the game and shut down McDavid for two-thirds of the night. Yeah. That's basically what it is. And then the third period, A, we couldn't finish on the power play. Let's say you score a goal on the power play that night, you win that game. That's the big thing, right? Like, lots of power play opportunities, um, especially in the third period when you need your power play to be clicking. Um, They didn't. Uh, so that's definitely one thing and even carrying on like to the rest of the game. So power play has been stagnant. It's been slow. Um, they're not really moving the puck like they should. That's a night where, yeah, the power play needs to get going now credit. Um, Skinner was really good that game. Uh, Skinner did stand on his head, but it is, it is one of those games where you have to find a way to sneak one past him in the third. You know, we, we lose the Edmonton game and suddenly, lines are changing the trio of huberto lindholm and toffoli were taking a quite a bit of slack and and kind of deservedly so i mean people kind of expected them to just replicate what we saw last year which mm-hmm. I, I like no i i, I don't think anyone actually yeah. plugged in expected that like that's not realistic yeah i think you were um getting way too far ahead of yourself if you thought that the first line this year would <clears throat> click and produce the same production that the first line did last year. Through seven games, right? I'm just going to like extrapolate that sample of them being together. From looking at everything around when Huberto, Lindholm, and Tavoli were together, they were pretty effective at, I want to say, suppressing scoring chances. They were decent in getting high dangers generated, but there wasn't much ozone time to back that up. I feel like snake bit is a very good word. Not just the fact that it seems like Huberto and Lindholm in particular are playing with low confidence right now. Um, essentially forcing plays that aren't there. Uh, Lindy's forcing passes, you know, Hubie's being told to shoot more, right? Like yeah. it's, Certain mental errors right now of, I think, both of them just for whatever reason, not being, you know, where they, you know, usually are at. And well, yeah, it's having it's having to adjust their games. Right. And, and that takes so much time when uh, you've come from one year and all you did was kind of like, say, you look at Huberto in Florida. He dished the puck so much in Florida. He had guys on his line that were hot, that were burying the puck. That's what he focused on last year was his distribution. Look at Lindholm. He had a guy like Goudreau next to him. Lindholm would always find himself in the slot, one-timers, wrist shots from the slot. They now have to work together to kind of counteract both those things, right? They're both learning to develop and work on each other's best skill so that they can put it together. Like, And, I mean, it doesn't help when you get split up, right? So mm-hmm. we'll get to that too, but – Talking about prior lines, Manjapani, Kadri, and Dubey, they passed the eye test significantly. Oh, yeah. 
for those for those people who just don't like analytics, right? So yeah, we'll talk about the eye test for a bit. They pass the eye test. Congratulations. Then analytically, they're the best flames line in terms of high danger chances for and against per 60 in terms of when they're deployed. And it's like, hey, that line, absolute gem. Yeah. The Huberto Lindholm to Foley line, average to above average. That's that's more realistic. In four categories, and that's Corsi, expected goals for, high danger chances for, and scoring chances for. They have been extremely unlucky. And I was figuring before lines were switched up that they were going to start seeing some positive return. We're talking about a seven-game sample size. That's pretty small. That's That's very small. Then on Monday, we come in and lines are completely adjusted. And suddenly you've got Kadri and Manjapani moving up next to Huberto. Mm -hmm. Lucic in the top six next to Lindholm and Toffoli. Dubé drops down with Backlund and Coleman. Uh, reigniting some past familiarity there. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Louis Ruzicka, who slotted in for Rooney that night, and Richie. And the, the chemistry hasn't been there either, right? Like Exactly. And that's I, the I, thing. I just want to go back to uh, that Dubé Cadre uh, Manjapani line. Um, like just the eye test, just watching the games that they played together, that line is so fast. And that's something that the Flames need in order to have success in this division and in the Western Conference. It's fast hockey. Um, And that line was fast. They were all over the ice every single night, whether it was the defensive zone, the offensive zone. They were on top of every loose puck, every board battle. And it looked like those three wanted to be playing together. So, like, the split up there and and moving Kadri and Manjapani to the first line, I, I understand that you need to change it up, that you need to get new looks because you're losing, like, close games to the Oilers and you're blowing leads to the Kraken, stuff like that. But we haven't seen that chemistry at all from that first line either. You stress something, talking about speed, and I feel like a lot of people don't understand what Daryl means when he says play with pace. It's not just speed it's not just you skating up and down like a hillbilly it's not how it works in terms of puck possession and management one of the biggest red flags the last three games has quite literally been the poor i want to say a retrieval and b just overall management in terms of possession the number of giveaways that resulted in the back of our net two straight games blowing third period leads and then completely falling flat from the get-go last night. It, it, in a game where it felt like the Flames had to come out strong last night, right? Like, after you blow two leads in the third period, especially with the third period that they had against the Kraken to start, mm-hmm. uh, what we scored two goals in, what was it, like five, four minutes, three minutes, five minutes, some, something around there. Um, and then you just fold. Uh, it felt like against Nashville that they needed that quick start and nobody came to play except for Jacob Markstrom. They're definitely concerning trends. You had the Toffoli goal off the draw and then you had Trevor Lewis from Brett Ritchie. And it's so hard. Like the Seattle game and the Nashville game, There's we did not deserve to win those. The fact that we would have been able to potentially pick up two points out of that Seattle game if we were able to hold the lead after being up 4-2, that would have been a gift from mm-hmm. them. Very high event second period, though. They did get their, you know, 
they got they went back to their own basics in that Seattle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was two goals in a span of 17 seconds. Again, that fourth line doing really good work in terms of forechecking. The reality is kind of settling in from the craziness of the offseason. People are realizing what we lost, what we gained, right? Mm-hmm. And you lost two superstars, but brought in some pretty exquisite talent to bridge the gap. And you can say exquisite and look at Huberto's play right now and be like, what is going on? Like, this isn't the guy we just signed long-term. This is not the guy that we acquired in the Kachuk deal. Like, what is going on? You think he doesn't know that? He said it himself, right? And this is the full quote. I still have a lot of work to do. Obviously, it hasn't been easy for me at the beginning of the year. I'm way better than what I am right now. Obviously, I'm not creating nothing out there, so I have to start doing that. That's why they brought me here. I'm an offensive guy, and I have to play in their zone. I think I'm kind of running after the puck and turning over the puck. I think it's an adjustment, but I have to be better, and that's what I'll do. And I just want to point out that Mikey from In the Dome put this comparable out, and it's like, thank you, finally someone who speaks English. In their first eight games under Daryl Sutter, obviously we've now played nine. Who cares? In their first eight games, Gaudreau had two points. Chuck had four points, a goal and three assists. Huberto, five, a goal and four assists. Huberto, extrapolating a small sample size, under the same conditions, there's no difference here between... This is like apple-to-apple comparison. Huberto has been better than Gaudreau and Kachuk in terms of during this settling phase or whatever you want to call it. The guy scored 115 points last season with Flames legend Sam Bennett as his centerman. I understand that in Florida it was run and gun, and that is why they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is why they couldn't get far in the playoffs because they adopted the model that we had in 1819, where it's run and gun, there's no structure. Yeah, sit and pray and hope that you can outscore your opponent. That's not how it works. Exactly. That's not how it works. I'm not worried about Huberto. And it sounds ridiculous that I have to sit here and defend saying that. Yeah. And it's like he just, it's like he's Steve Smith. All these people that are, yeah, attacking Huberto and calling and saying that he's not worth the contract. I could go on and on about this con- like this topic. You and me have had these conversations already. Um, it is so unbelievably frustrating. And if you think that you're stressed out and pissed off that Jonathan Huberto isn't performing to the standard that you thought he would, how do you think he feels? Do you think he goes home every night and is just joyous that he's in Calgary and not playing to his peak ability? Absolutely not. He knows that he's not where he needs to be. But if anybody in their right mind thought that he would be at the same place that he was in Florida at this point in time in Calgary, you literally would have to be insane. Just his own personal metrics. They've been average to above average. Um, I test underwhelming, but again, this is the adjustment period. Gaudreau and Kachuk took 30 games, a whole offseason... And then another full training camp to get to the 
you know, peak performance that we saw out of them. The number of people completely turning on him eight games in or nine games in, I should say now, it's a joke. Like, I'm sorry. I like it is insane how you're even grading this new group to the same lengths that you graded last year's. The media, all they do is ask questions about individuals. And Daryl is out here on savage mode, bodying every single one of those questions. Like, what are you doing? This is what, like, he literally put it this way. This is what got us into this mess. Mm -hmm. The fact that there is a new group here, it's because you were doing said, you know, you and your BS headlines just to get clicks for the last eight years. That is why we have a new group now. Absolutely. And absolutely. It'll be fine once people start finishing his passes, once people, once he picks his pace up, once Mm -hmm. he adjusts to how Daryl wants him to play. And obviously, you can make a lot of distinction like, okay, well, hockey is hockey. Like all those ridiculous fans on Twitter. My God. If I even want to call them fans at this point. Um, You realize... We could just call them critics. Flames critics. uh, Yeah, at this point, it's like you're watching a movie and you're giving your opinion on it. Mm -hmm. Like okay you you do you like i yeah the number of people turning on him this early after he he has he had no business even being here right (laughs) right and he he locked himself up here for the remainder of his career and it's nine games into nine years here and people are blowing their wads because he's having a hard time adjusting (laughs) to daryl sutter's system see like (sighs) It it sounds more insane when like we just sit here and like within a reasonable setting just talk about it and just look at the outside view of how people have been acting. I, I want to touch on Lindholm a little bit. Um, he's another guy that's been taking so much slack here through these first nine games because he isn't producing at the same pace that he was. Um, like, how do you think he felt when Goudreau and Kachuk are gone? The two guys that helped him get to where he's at uh, in in his game now, like the, the player that he is in the NHL, was fueled pretty much by Goudreau and Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Um, both those guys leave. He's sitting there in the locker room. His two all-stars gone. He's thinking, okay, I got to step up. I got to be this guy for this team now. Like, this is kind of my hockey team. Like, I'm the longest standing superstar here. I need to like be a role model. I need to be better for in every aspect of my game. That is so much pressure for a player to face, especially in a Canadian market. Um, the fans are so ruthless in Canadian markets. He is under so much pressure right now to be that one C, to be that guy that is solid every single night to help the players around him. And it's going to take time for him to adjust to that role. It's like, again, you think Hubie isn't, stress the fuck out every single day now of that he heads to the dome like for practice or heading into a game it is insane watching huberto and lindholm play how much they're overthinking mm-hmm. they Absolutely. look they look panicked out there <clears throat> they don't look composed they look like they're just like completely stressed out like trying to mm-hmm. do too much because they're afraid of doing too little and it's 
it's not resulting in any success for anyone. This is what I mean by top to bottom, the entire lineup. I would say the last three games, especially this team is playing with no confidence. No, at all. after, after you got the lead against the Oilers, you blew it. A defensive lapses, whatever, right? Cool. Move on. That's a game of inches. You score on the power play. It's a different story. Yeah. Seattle, you start the game flat. Daryl probably gives them a hell of a speech in the intermission because that second period was pretty good. You go up early, 4-2, not even two minutes into the third, you lose the game. You just blew two straight leads with 15 minutes to spare in the third in each respective night. That clearly took a bigger hit than... I think any of us really expected it. Oh, that did so much psychological damage to this team. Because then you look at this Nashville game last night. It like it didn't look like it was an NHL caliber hockey team. It was either they were making decisions way too fast and turning the puck over, or they weren't making them fast enough and they were slow. Their breakouts out of their own zone, so slow, so sloppy. They couldn't generate any speed through the neutral zone. Um, like those two, like lead blows have done a number on their psyche and people are saying this team needs a road trip so bad. This team needs to go on the road. I, I do think a road trip will help bring this team together. I do believe that, but there's a lot bigger problems to fix than, than just saying that a road trip is going to set this team back to where it was. A road trip is a cop out for what the actual issues are. <laughs> similarly to how now most of the fan base is turning on Daryl. That's another cop-out for overlooking what the issues are. The team is not doing things that would give them success long-term. It's a good group. Like People are forgetting that this team on paper is a good group. And it's all between the ears right now. All of it. Like, the confidence, all-time low. You think that the defense is going to sleep properly too. It's like Daryl's not even our coach. Like I watched this, like the Nashville game last night. Did it not give you North division vibes? Oh my God. It gave, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Like really it did. And I was like, Hey, this is like, I knew that there would be growing pains. I don't think anyone sensible expected this to be smooth sailing, mm-hmm. but can we skip this part, please? <laughs> can we skip it? Like God bless the five and one start. That's all I'm saying. Um, and I feel I feel so sorry for anybody watching this because it really is just a rant video going on. Um, oh yeah, 100%. but between the flame struggles and all the media and just shit posting that has been done on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you name it, it's it's so hard to like. I, I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this, but like, it's so hard to stay involved and like want to stay covering this team when that's all you see is the negativity. Last night after that game, I looked around and I was like, okay, horrible game from pretty much everybody. Where were the bright spots? Yeah. One, well, I have two kind of. Jacob Markstrom obviously was great uh, without him. 9-1, 8-1 game. That is going to give confidence to a team. When your number one goalie is finding the way that finding the way that he can play like he, he usually does over these last three games, he's got great numbers, really good numbers. The other bright spot, Nikita Zadorov. That guy 
is he wants to be here. He wants to win here. He loves this team. And I haven't seen anything out of like a, a third pairing defenseman like this in a very long time, a third pairing defenseman that is taking it upon himself to try and start a fire under this team right now. And, you know, obviously when he dropped the gloves with Alexiak, I don't think any of us actually expected him to win the fight. Alexiak is just a different breed of human. Um, but just the fact that he was like, nah, I need to do something here. This is like, this isn't good. And he goes and he does that. And then he scores. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm like, last season, you and I were like the main fan club with people over hating on him after, again, an adjustment period when he was scratched for, I think, like, what, seven, eight games in a row? Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And he came in and turned it around. And this year, he's taken another step. This exactly. Year, he's not learning Daryl's system. He knows Daryl's system. Mm-hmm. He's, and he's doing it. And, and you look you look at the guy in pressers too right now. That game after Buffalo. He's Ooh. up on the podium swearing, like saying, like, this isn't good enough, whatnot. The game against Seattle. He's back out there to the media saying, like, this can't happen to a veteran group of players that we have here. To mm-hmm. young teams, this may happen, but this can't happen here in Calgary. He's the only guy who's really like saying this team can't be playing like that. Like we got to bring it all together. And then you look at him against Nashville. He's jumping up on the rush. He's creating opportunities. He's a little bit out of position sometimes, but do you hate it? No, I I, I don't because he's the only guy who wants to jump up and create some offense when we're down in a game. Exactly. Exactly. And oh man, like just, I would, I want to say another positive, I would say if we're focusing in on individuals, I'll go individual and then a duo. Individual, Tyler Toffoli. He's got three goals on the year. I'll take it. He scored at a very crucial time in that Seattle game. Would have been the game winner, assuming we didn't blow it. I'm in love with Backlund and Coleman. I'm sorry, but I am. When Michael Backlund has been really good. Like, Backlund took the second half backs thing to heart and was like, nah, this is a new core. They ain't calling me that shit no more. <laughs> happening. I'm not showing up to work and they're calling me second half backs. So yeah, yeah. And he's been off to a tremendous start. And Coleman is an excellent compliment. Like, Absolutely. they see each other so well. Absolutely. Backlund scores net front. Coleman dishes it to him from behind the back. Manjapani scores net front. Coleman dishes it to him behind the net. Same thing last night. Backlund's behind the net, dishes it to Coleman right in front. Perfect spot. Boom, boom, boom. You're Absolutely. getting the greasy goals where you're putting the work in to do that. And I love those two. They're probably my favorite duo right now. So we've just sat here after losing three in a row and we've pointed out four bright spots in this team. Yeah. Just be patient. This team is going to find how to play together. They are going to find each other's likings and this team is going to put it all together. Eventually. It's just a work in progress. If we get to December and we're still having conversations like this. Yeah. Then you can sit here and start being like, okay, there's something more that needs to be done here. This isn't working for whatever. Reason. <laughs> Absolutely. 
but at least get to Christmas. Like Christmas is the marker for anyone who's a sports fan of a the NHL or the NBA. If you follow a team that has an 82 game season by Christmas time, that is the marker. That is the bench where you can sit there and be like, okay, this is where everyone is trending. This is likely what's going to end up happening by season's end. Exactly. Because after Christmas, season goes by like this. You want to sit here and blame this on Daryl, on coaching? I opened Twitter, and yeah, you can attack the personnel. We're not exactly thrilled. I mean, as much as we love Lucic, Lucic is not supposed to be next to Lindholm and Toffoli. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Just objectively. And I love the big guy. He's had a great start to the season. He's throwing hits. He's just laying guys out. It's fast. It's he's, fast. His, his pace is up. Like, his skating has been – like, it's probably the best version of Luch that we've seen since he's been in Calgary. Like, Yeah, absolutely. People are out here – I mean, at this point, he's, like, finding Richie, like, an absolute – like, the chemistry between those two is great. But – does Lucic deserve being bumped up in the lineup? I know. There's a reason why guys like Richie, Rooney, I want to touch on Rooney a bit. He sat out, and last night, very hard forecheck. Yeah. He was actually doing his job last night. Yeah. You look at Lucic, Rooney, and Richie as a trio on the fourth line. They've been great. And that was like one of the main things that we were hating on. We're like, oh, they need to play young guys. Yeah. They need to do that. What's the point of drafting if they don't want to play young guys, etc.? And I'll get to this. I don't see how you can justify Lucic in that spot when Matthew Phillips, Adam Ruzicka aren't really given the opportunity to play, let alone get noticed. Ruzicka had one night one bad giveaway and then got sat. Lucic, I'm sorry, his giveaway and Kadri's giveaways, both of them resulted in us blowing the 4-2 lead and losing that game to Seattle. And you what happens? Lucic, Lucic stays elevated in the lineup. Yep. Yep. You get you get corner time for about two two seconds. I completely understand everyone's frustration. But the people that are going out on Twitter and being like, let's tank for Bedard, are you, like... Yeah, uh, like, everybody's just got to, like, be patient, man. It's, I don't know how many times we can say it, but there's so many moving parts this year. Um, there's so many new things happening with this hockey club. Not everything's going to go perfect. Uh, there's really, like, not much more I can say. I've kind of, I've done my rant, um... I'm sorry to everybody who had to listen to it, but it was something that needed to be said because I was extremely PO'd with the whole response from the Flames community after last night's game. And, like, it's validated to be frustrated. Noah and I aren't exactly happy that we've lost three in a row. The number of people that think they own the team, like, I'm sorry, are you Murray Edwards? No, you're not. Playing fake GM mode on your coach. Like, like you said, I get it. But there are so many better ways to deal with your frustrations and how you look at this hockey club. Structure, pace, attention to detail, covering up the D zone, top players not looking like themselves. 
again, we can sit here and talk about all this. Players know it first. And as much as you think blowing your wad on social media, talking about all this is going to change, change any of this. Yeah. Change any of this? Like, I'm sorry. Jonathan Huberto isn't leaving the dome and going on to your Instagram meme page to look at what you posted to make fun of him after he didn't perform the way that he wanted to. Top to bottom, the team is looking very stale. They're playing with low confidence. Fact of the matter is we haven't seen Flames hockey the last three games. Pace, possession, checking in all three zones, nothing, none of that. Shot volume. And yep, shot volume. None of, none of that. And I want to say that that trend started since really the Vegas game, but we were able to get away with it. You have a right to be a fan in whichever way that you choose. Do I want to associate with that level of toxicity? No, I don't. Exactly. Another thing we want to just quickly mention, Chris Tanev out with an upper body injury. Uh, again, they, we don't know how long. Usually in the Mayfair diagnostics report, they put day-to-day or week-to-week or whatever. They just kind of said, we'll not play tonight. So I'm assuming yeah. we'll play tomorrow night. Hopefully. <laughs> you would think so, right? It, it was so last minute. And it just was because he wasn't out on the ice for warm-ups that this was broken. So you would think it's only something short-term. But He also didn't practice um i say the day before and then he's right in optional skate so i don't know if it's like something lingering i want to say it's day-to-day my heart wants it to be day-to-day absolutely my heart needs it to be day-to-day yeah because my god it is insane noticing like just how off everyone looks when he's not there just Mm -hmm. guys trying to get used to each other from scratch again yeah i I think this is a good place to leave it i think we've kind of touched on on everything that we wanted to um and yeah i just want to what i just want to follow up yours a little bit yeah you can be a fan in whatever way you want but like i'm not gonna judge you for it or or like get in your face and say you shouldn't be a fan this way that's up to you but like you said I don't want to associate myself with those fans. And I think that's the perfect place to leave it. Um, I'm sorry if anybody feels offended by the way that we picked apart Twitter and Instagram accounts over last night's loss, but it just needed to be said and it needed to be put out there. If you want to sit and judge the game for what you're seeing statistically, that's why we're here. That's why we have a platform. We like to sit and talk about this stuff. You don't go in and say, let's tank for Bedard after game nine. As good as Bedard is, as gross as Bedard is, that is the last possible thing I've ever contemplated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a good way to end it, yeah. honestly. I think so. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody.